Hi there. A quick message before we start. Don't forget that you can save money this winter when you book your ski hire at intersportrent.com and use the code SKIPODCAST. You'll get a guaranteed discount for all ski hire in France, Austria and Switzerland. And to make it even simpler, you don't even need to use that code. Just take the link in the show notes and your basket will automatically be reduced. So if you want to support the Ski Podcast, remember to book your ski hire within support and to use the code Ski Podcast or take the link in the show notes. It'll save you money and help us too. Right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 174 of the Ski Podcast. My name is Ian Martin, and in this special episode, I'm joined by Team GB freestyle skier Kirsty Muir. Kirsty has enjoyed an impressive first two senior seasons, including being Britain's youngest competitor at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics, multiple World Cup podiums, and earlier this year, winning two bronze medals at the X Games. I really enjoyed speaking with Kirsty, and I'm sure you will too. Great. Well, I'm delighted to be joined today by Kirsty Muir, the Team GB freestyle skier. Uh, hi, Kirsty. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Whereabouts are you today? I'm in Aberdeen at home. Aberdeen. Well, I'm on the opposite end of the country in Brighton on the south coast. Uh, and any snow outside? Uh, no, not not today, no. No. Okay, but you've just come back to, uh, from the snow, I think, haven't you? You've just been competing in, what, the final World Cup of the season in Silver Plana? Yeah, yeah, that's where I've been. Yeah, how did that go? It was good, yeah. I ended up sixth, but just had a good time. And yeah, nice to end the season on, on that. Yeah, well, you've had an amazing first uh, couple of senior seasons. Uh, you know, things have, a uh, lot has happened in the last uh, two years. You're yeah. Britain's youngest competitor at uh, Beijing. Uh, you recently out of the X Games uh, winning a medal. So, you know, it's del- I'm delighted to have you on the Ski Podcast. Previously, I've interviewed, I mentioned before in the green room, I've interviewed some of your teammates, Izzy and Zoe Atkin, uh, Katie Summerhays, Woodsy, uh, and uh, uh, the team coach, Pat Sharples. So it's great to have you on as well. And, and I'd really like to start with this, uh, at the top. I mentioned you've had an amazing season. I'm guessing the highlight of that was probably being at the X Games. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wondered how you felt when you get the call because there's no, it's not like you qualify for something like the Olympics. You know you're going to be there. At some yeah. point, you just get that call, right? Yeah, you just get an email just saying you've been invited. And it's just, yeah. You're so excited about it. <laughs> Did you think there was any hint that you might, um, you know, that might be on the radar because you had, you know, a good second at Mammoth early in the season? Um, yeah, no, I, I I competed in X Games last year as well. So I thought that maybe there might, you know, I might have got an invite, but you never know because, yeah, there's so many good girls on the circuit that only eight can go. So you never know who's going to be invited. Yeah, and it obviously went very well. Um, you picked up a couple of uh, bronze medals. Do you think yeah. it could have gone better? I mean, being on the podium is obviously great. Would you have liked to have uh, been a couple of steps up? I mean, yeah, you'd always want to push for, you know, for higher. Um, I In the big air, I mean, Megan, who won, did the first women's triple, like, it's almost unbeatable, you know, because that was just insane. Like, I've so happy for her and then in the slope style I was really I really was trying to push for a better run um just on the day I couldn't put it down but just to secure bronze even still I'm just really happy cool excellent and you know 
you mentioned being happy for your uh, you know for your competitors it does yeah. strike me that there is a camaraderie between you all where you really are supporting each other is that is that a real thing <laughs> yeah no 100% because i mean you know we all just want this you know to see the best for our sport and and when everyone's pushing like that's just incredible for the sport so we're always stoked when you know when someone does something new you know and also at the x games was um mia brooks yeah. I interviewed her in October at the uh, Birmingham Ski Show. She's only 16, doing a GCSEs this year. Yeah. And this is her first year on the senior circuit. I mentioned to her at the time when I was chatting to her that my kids are doing their GCSEs and they're very <laughs> impressed that someone could do uh, both at the same time. Does that make you almost a veteran uh, at 18? Can you relate to her situation? Yeah, definitely. I went through all the exams and stuff whilst, you know, whilst traveling the circuit. And it's definitely difficult, but... Um... I think she's doing quite well with it and um yeah we'll see. And and uh, do you think that she you know she had a good X games as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like she didn't put down the run that she wanted to, but I think all the experience for her will have, you know, really helped her with yeah, with what she got to come, you know. Yeah, for sure. So you um were doing cuz you're in the Scottish system, slightly mm-hmm. uh, different. So you were doing your uh, your 18 now, but you're doing your hires last year. You yeah. kind of put them on hold to go to the Olympics you know how did you manage to balance you know competing and training and revising yeah so I I did usually people do their hires in one year and they usually do about five hires in a year um I decided to put it over two years um so that's kind of like that's one way I managed to balance it a little bit um but um yeah it was just a case of trying to do like work when I was away just trying to keep on it and then when I came home really just knuckling down and you know trying to just catch up if I need to or 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 get you know study and stuff um but yeah no I think I, I managed it quite well and all the you know my school was really supportive books were an academy they were really supportive so yeah excellent well I guess you know they would be supportive of someone who's competing for their uh their country uh, and so what about the future because do you have plans to go to university at some point could that fit in with being you know an elite athlete who travels around the world yeah I mean a lot of people do do it I am um, I think on my for me I, I didn't know exactly what I would want to go into studying so that was one reason that I went into a gap year plus I just I thought like I just thought I needed a break you know because I think it was always either skiing or doing schoolwork. there was nothing really in between so now, now you know, I'm skiing and I'm just able to enjoy it a lot more because I've got that time to rest and recover, you know. Um, and yeah, I think for sure in the future, I'll either pick up something online whilst I'm away or or I'll, I'll definitely get into uni somewhere, but I just don't know when and I don't know what I'll be studying. <laughs> yeah, OK. Well, I mean, that that makes sense. I did interview um, Permin Zabrigan, uh, ex-gold medal uh, skier, downhill uh, racer, and I asked him what his tip was for a like new skiers coming up through the ranks, and he said, "Get some qualifications." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. but um, but that'd be interesting. And so, would you do you think you'd go to university in Scotland then uh, down the track? Or you... Yeah, I think so. Like either that or yeah, some something online. But we'll see. You know, there's a lot more opportunity for that now, which is really cool. You know, with getting it online and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you, I mentioned that you put your hires on hold to go to the Olympics and uh, at the Beijing Winter Olympics, you were Britain's youngest uh, competitor there. And you had a, a pretty amazing uh, debut there. Um, I think I'm right saying you're fifth in the uh, big air and eighth in the slope style. Now at yeah. 17, 
years old. That sounds pretty good to me. But I, I think I read somewhere that you were disappointed uh, with that. I was really, really stoked with the big air because I was the the tricks that I did. That was like the best I could do them. Um, so yeah, I was really happy with the big air and the soap style. I was a little disappointed just because I knew I had more and I just couldn't put it down. But um, either way, just the experience itself was just incredible. And uh, is there anything that you know stands out to you as a highlight? Was it taking part or you know the opening or closing ceremonies or? I mean, yeah, the opening ceremony was pretty incredible. Um, no, I just think the big air was my highlight. Just everything like around it, and like just the atmosphere. And as I say, I was happy with how I was skiing, and and like I was just overcome with like every emotion after competing. And and yeah, I think just the big air, all of it was my favorite. Yeah, I, well, I bet it was. I mean, it was a pretty uh, amazing location. Because if yeah. I recall correctly, you know, it's in the middle of a town with no snow around it anywhere. Is that right? Yeah, literally. It was like kind of the big air was situated kind of in, in an old industrial kind of site. And it was, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. But I guess, you know, when you're at the top there, you're probably not really looking at the views. You're more like focusing on everything else and trying to block everything else around you. Yeah, no, when we first went up for training, we were like in awe of the view um but then yeah when you're when you're actually competing you you don't really look at, like look around <laughs> and you know so when you're out there I guess you're staying in the Olympic village does it work out are you in a share with someone you're sharing a room during the Olympics who are you sharing with um well at the end I didn't actually end up sharing because like so we I was sharing an apartment with like Katie Summerhays when we went down to the to the big air but I wasn't sharing a room and then and then in the other accommodation it's just like it is just rooms and then like um so I was supposed to share with Zoe Atkin and that didn't end up happening because Izzy came so Zoe stayed with Izzy <laughs> so I had a nice room to myself for this right bargain and I think when you go to the Olympics you end up getting a lot of I wanted to call them, you know, freebies. You might call them mementos. Did you pick up yeah. anything special there? Yeah, um, the the um, mascot, Bing Dwen Dwen. I got a little mascot of him. Um, and then, yeah, just, I don't know, just random things, like pillows and random things, yeah. Yeah, what about the COVID restrictions? Because it was pretty intense is my understanding yeah. in terms of the rules and how it all worked you know they really wanted to make sure that everyone yeah. was going to be able to compete did you find that difficult at all well I mean it was it was really crazy the last like month before like it started it, it was started just like like I think it, I don't know if it was like maybe a month and a half out you had to do a test then maybe two weeks later you had to do a test and then pretty much like I can't remember when from like you pretty much had to do a test every day and some of them proper get sent off to like you know places like important places and stuff um yeah and then like before we flew we had to get a test as soon as we landed we were tested and then every single day there every morning before breakfast there was a stand that you had to get it shoved up your nose so yeah it was right really okay did, did, did that bring in you know an extra element of uncertainty because you've a lot of things to think about anyway you kind of yeah concerned about that as well I mean yeah like we we um got there about a week before we started skiing um just with how the chartered flights kind of needed to work um so but and basically as soon as we got there like I 
I got a really like I got cold and stuff like and I was not feeling well that whole week yep. and obviously like as soon as I started feeling I was like wait what if this is COVID and then got tested it wasn't and stuff but just yeah it just it just stressed you out a little bit you know because you never know where you can get it from you know yeah for um, sure so yeah that was pretty stressful yeah, but I mean, I guess in some respects, although maybe it wasn't with those uh, uh, circumstances, it wasn't your first Olympics because you had been to the World Youth Olympics uh, before yeah. where you won a silver there. Did that help at all with, you know, potential nerves, knowing that in terms of your peers, you kind of competed right at that level before? I mean, yeah, like definitely like it helped out a bit. I mean, the Olympics is still like a big step up compared. Um, but yeah, I think it just it it made like a few bits kind of fam- like f- quite familiar, you know. Um, but at the same time, the Olympics was just a complete different experience too, you know. And um, I think the the bigger thing was more that I had like some teammates that had already experienced it and stuff, and I could just kind of tag along, and they they made me feel like quite quite safe, you know. And and um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Youth Olympics was a great experience, but yeah, the Olympics was just completely yeah, different. different. Different scale. Who were the teammates that you mainly hung out with who were like uh, easing you through at them? Um, yeah, like Katie Summerhays pretty much mostly. Um, just, yeah, I was, I was just hanging out with Katie a lot. Yeah. So, so Pat, Pat Sharples, who um, I, I mentioned in the, in the kind of green room before we started chatting, I've, I've known him for a, a very long time. There's an interview on the ski podcast backlist that people can listen to if they want to hear that uh, chat. I first met him out in, in Courchevel, I don't know, 20 to 25 years ago, something like that. <laughs> But we used to do an event at the Birmingham Ski Show one year where we had a dry slope there, a quarter pipe. Uh, and he'd bring along some of his uh, groms. And one uh, year, he said, I want to introduce you to uh, um, a couple of kids here. And one of them was a nine-year-old Katie Summerhays who'd, yeah. uh, who'd come along to just try uh, to just try the slope for the first time. And he said, oh, you know, she's going to be really good. And I think she probably did maybe three Olympics in total. I'm not yeah, really she did sure. Yeah, three, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know she's retired uh, now. But, you know, she still re- did really well. Top 10 places in, in slope style uh, every yeah time thinking about the olympics then it must be quite weird when you're like on social presuming you were still allowed to use your phones and stuff like that were you <laughs> i mean it was quite kind of restricted we were on like a different phone and stuff um and like couldn't connect to wi-fi and different things and yeah it was it was pretty oh, okay pretty... i mean it's kind of wondering like your friends are at home like studying for their hires mm-hmm. etc and you're at the olympics i mean you're actually kind of swapping notes with them about your your different worlds while that was going on I mean, kind of, but I don't remember like a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because we had like our own phones with us, and I think the only time I really connected to it was when I was actually just in my room, and then like I kind of leave the phone in my room and stuff. Because yeah, I was still able to connect with people whilst I was away, which is really nice. Um, yeah, but yeah. I guess your your friends from school have kind of been used to this idea that you've been living a you know a slightly different life on the circuit for quite a long time because you know I mentioned the world youth olympics and you know you had world juniors where you'd won medals before you're in the europa cup at 15 is that right um no it was actually I think 14 right there you go yeah yeah, competing in the europa cup at, at 14 but you're in Aberdeen now and uh I believe you started your skiing at the Aberdeen snow sports center yeah, uh, which is pretty near to where you live, is it? Yeah, fifteen minutes drive. Right, and how old were you when you started skiing them? Um, 
I well, I started skiing when I was like four, um, or just almost four, and it was, uh, both at the dry slope and on the Scottish mountains. Um, right. The my closest ones are the Lecht and Glenshee, and um, yeah. So both my parents skied, and um, they just wanted me, my sister, and uh, my brother, want to um like ski so we could yeah just go on the Scottish mountains, um. But yeah, I think it was about around six or seven. I kind of wanted to get into the freestyle just because I was went to a, like a Saturday kids club and the coach could just tell by the, la- the literally at the end of a session for five minutes we'd go on the freestyle slope but they could just tell how much I enjoyed it um so yeah they were like get down to the Wednesday freestyle night right even even six or, or seven years old you knew I mean I find that really interesting apart from anything because freestyle didn't really exist for a lot, a lot of skiers who are a bit older than you when they were six or seven but so yeah. what did they have at Aberdeen Snow Sports Club or is this on the uh, and the left in Glen Shee? What did, what features did they have for free skiers? Yeah, so they have a little like tabletop jump and then they have a kicker as well. Like it's like for a dry slope it's a decent size, you know. Um and then they've got court pipe at the bottom and then um over on the right we've got some moguls that not many people use, but they're still there. Um and then we've got some rails and stuff. So like there's a really good like you know facility for getting into freestyle and and learning a lot of stuff like I, I even like 13 14 I was still learning stuff on the dry slope you know like and there's so much you can learn there you know yeah that that's that's great I didn't kind of re- realize that um maybe I mean I'm not seeing the Aberdeen uh slope uh I and I have been to some of the uh, ski resorts in uh, Scotland I think I mentioned to you earlier that my mum you know is from uh near your way you know she yeah. she uh, uh started skiing on Ben Laws on the side of uh Lochte, <laughs> like being towed up by a or going up in a tractor or something and then so uh, and then and then skiing down but you know so how does that progression work then if you know you're starting to do you know some freestyle six or seven years old how do you mm-hmm. then move forward and uh you know end up well going to the the brits i went for the brits in lax the first time when i was 11 um so that's kind of the first time i really got abroad to a park um and i just had two weeks uh one week of training and then one week of the brits and then we're home um but i just like straight away um like learned like 720s and stuff like on the medium like pull line jumps and stuff and yeah just like that first kind of week um, I met like the coach that's kind of taken me through everything really the youth olympics and the olympics and stuff um joe tyler um and uh then the next year i just went for a little bit longer and then each year kind of a few more weeks in between like school and stuff and yeah it kind of progressed from there until i was like yeah 13 14 um like then i started the competitions and stuff like um, right so so i think i i recall uh that joe tyler he was another one of those uh guys who came through the scene around the time of a uh, woodsy who was yeah. under pat sharple's uh wing and he started set up his his own kind of freestyle camps and didn't he yeah. so did you go along yeah. and join them yeah so i joined them um yeah each year until yeah until covid and then then that his uh the freestyle academy kind of had to stop because you know you could couldn't do anything with covid so then he um traveled with me um like by himself uh like uh, until like for the next two years until the olympics and stuff yeah but so in between you said you did your first brits when you were 11 um by the age of 14 you were you were winning the competition right yeah i think yeah 13 i won 
the big air slope still and half pipe all at the same event um and yeah and then I don't know, I think I went I think one of the next competitions was in New Zealand the junior worlds um when I was like 14 um so that was pretty cool to go down there so going to New Zealand and like traveling around Europe and competing you know that costs quite a lot of money right mm-hmm. so you come under team gb you obviously get uh you know money from them but it must be quite hard to kind of fund everything when you're doing mm-hmm. that yeah like uh, at 14 like yeah i i can't remember exactly when i started getting support from the you know gb team um but it was like near me the in inverurri there's an inverurri youth sports foundation and um they do some really good work for for getting you know young athletes the support they need for for doing the sports that they want to do and stuff so they really supported me um for like three four years up until the olympics and uh yeah without them i definitely would not be where i am they supported me so much that's great and i guess that you know they uh, obviously from a scottish point of view because i'm sure you're a, a proud patriot that you're you know picking up podiums and medals for scotland uh, as well there's no commonwealth games uh, or no skiing in the commonwealth games but, no. uh, it still counts so mm-hmm. you know you, you you finished fifth at the olympics fourth at the world champs podiums at the x games so you know you're still only 18 uh, but yeah. you're already a name uh, on the circuit i noticed you're shortlisted for the down days skier of the year uh, yeah. uh this year uh, and you know you've picked up a lot of sponsors we're chatting now you've got uh you know you've got the red bull hat i mean that's a big yep. step uh forward. <laughs> i think red bull took you on uh, uh you know last year and i'm sure that helps yeah also um your clothing sponsor is uh planks is that right yeah yeah well jim adlington who founded uh planks another guy who i've known for a long time he was doing skiing around that time just when mm-hmm. that freestyle uh, scene was going through and he founded Planks, and listen, if you'd yeah. like to hear his story, I've got an interview with him uh, back in, in the catalogue. Um, I guess you weren't sure of companies asking you to join them. You probably get approached by lots of uh, different people um, all the time. What was your thinking about joining the Planks team in particular then? Well, I mean, I joined Planks when I was, you know, super young. I think like kind of 12 or 12, 13. Um, so like I've kind of I've kind of progressed through everything with planks um and yeah they've always just been yeah. there for me and stuff and um yeah I just I love the community that they have and uh you know you wear their kit in all your competitions yeah no all the time when skiing and stuff um they got any favorite yeah. pieces then um right now it's the um I've got like beige uh men's good times pants and I wear them in double XL. Um and then So you um, wear the men's double XL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then the men's like uh overstoke uh, or men's anorak, um also in like a blue beige colour. I love it. So okay. Much. Are they Woodsy signature items? No, but I do have his hoodie and his t shirt that I like to wear. Um yeah. Yeah, okay, because that doesn't surprise me because I also noticed uh, somewhere, like, uh, you know, I mentioned I've, I've uh, met, you know, Woodsy right back in the day, but when you're at mm-hmm. school, you did a project at one point, a school project, and the focus was was James Woods free skier, right? <laughs> yeah, that was an S1 when I was 12, but we had to pick a, a sports person that we looked up to to uh, make a little pamphlet on. Um, so, I yeah, I did it on Woodsy. 
And that is such an amazing story because, you know, you're doing that uh, then and obviously, you know, now I think, well, at, at uh, Beijing, etc., you're competing at the same events as him. It's, yeah. it's amazing how quickly uh, things can change, right? Yeah, no, pretty crazy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think at 12 that I would be, yeah, competing with him on the same team and stuff. But yeah. did, you, did you ask for his autograph <laughs> first time you met him? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I definitely have a few funny photos of yeah that I that I asked for some photos. Cool. So, what's coming up uh, next for you then? Are you heading back to the Southern Hemisphere this summer for us? Yeah, so I'm I'm heading out um, back to Europe uh, for, for kind of another month of um, of skiing. Like I'm got like ten days training with the team in Italy, and then I'm going to Sweden for a rail event, and then maybe Mammoth in America for um, another like ten days. So I've still got quite a lot you know going on this winter, even though it seems like it's coming to the end. But I've still got a bit more. And then yeah, I really want to go to New Zealand and uh, Australia this summer. Like um, I haven't been yet since I was fourteen, and I just like I really want to go so I can actually ski and stay somewhere for a bit longer than just a week because we're traveling around so much during the winter like it'll kind of maybe feel a bit more like a season you know so I understand like you know obviously the the amount of snow they've had in California uh this Mm -hmm. winter mammoth will certainly be open into uh July I should think so you're not gonna have any uh, issues there if you've seen any pictures it's ridiculous skiing uh down under so would you base yourself in somewhere like Wanaka or Queenstown yeah, I definitely base myself in in Wanaka, um, just because yeah, so close to Cadrona, which is like the you yeah. know the main park and stuff. Um, but I think yeah, the team maybe might do some training in Australia or something, but um, so I can fly fly over for that. But other than that, I'm gonna just go and uh, go with some friends and stuff, and just go and have some fun and go ski for the season. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Well, that sounds uh, fantastic. You know, I've been to, I've been, I've hung out in Wanaka uh, in summer and in winter, and it's mm-hmm. a brilliant, brilliant place. Reminds me uh, quite a lot of uh, Chamonix, quite near to uh, Queenstown as well. But I'm sure you'll have a, a brilliant time there. Right, got one more question for you then, uh, Kirsty, before we finish. Big air or slope style? You actually do both of them. If they both seem, um, you know, have different have different skills required. But if you had to choose just one of them. Yeah. You know, which I, one would you go for? I mean, if I could only do one, like, I, I would have to be slope style, just because I really do love the rails and I also love the jumps, but like almost everything that we could do in big air, we could do in a slope style run, you know? It would just be a, you know, a bit bit more challenging to get it all in a run. But um, yeah, I would have to pick slope style because I couldn't just cut out doing rails, you know? <laughs> excellent well that's brilliant i've really enjoyed uh chatting with you and yeah, i want to wish you all you know too. an amazing career so far i wish you all the best uh for the future wherever that uh takes you we'll be uh, following you on the ski podcast so thanks very much for your time oh no thank you for yours and uh yeah lovely to speak to you so I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kirsty. Don't forget we have over 170 episodes of the Ski Podcast to catch up with. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Otherwise, I'd like to thank Kirsty for her time. And listener, thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ski Podcast. Don't forget that if you want to support the podcast, then remember to book your ski hire with Intersport and use the code SKIPODCAST or simply take the link in the show notes. It'll save you money and help us too. Thanks again and have a great winter.